Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. Yeah, Mickey D knows straight away, like, you... No, no, that's, that's different. I'm, t- I'm talking, I'm talking mum's lasagna. And she pulls your plate out and she puts it on the table. And it's like, what is that? Is that, is that meant to like, is that meant to feed a mouse? I, I'm, I'm a human being. Like, give me, give me some more. So you, you end up, you eat your slice and you have your veggies. Yeah, that toe, that toe. But you're, you're, you're like, you're not content, right? So you're not content with the slice that you've been given. So you go back for a little bit more. But what you didn't realize, and this is what we do as kids, is like you actually you get fuller if you just, just wait a little bit. The food catches up with you. So you, you take that extra slither, and it turns out to be a little bit too much, and then you're sitting there in a food coma for the rest of the evening, like re- getting ready for it to come up. Or Are there any runners? In the, Yep, you, you definitely look like you run. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> they can claim that. But you, you get to the end of your run, I've only had this happen once, because usually you get to the end of your running, and you're like, oh, fantastic. But you get to the end of your running, you're like, you know, I think I can go a little bit further. I need to push myself a bit harder. So you run a little, and you've got your headphones in playing, like, Remember the Name, or Stronger by Kanye West, whatever you run to, and you're running. I love that song. Does anybody else love Stronger by Kanye West? If you want to pump some iron or go for a run, that song, whew, it's got a good beat. No. Nah. No, that is a terrible stuff. Anyway, so you, you, you need to go a little bit further. And then you've got your headphones on and you're zoned out. And you just go for a run. And it gets a bit easier. Just a little bit easier. And you're like, oh, yeah, that was pretty good. And then you realize the reason why it was easier, you were so zoned out, you ran down a hill. And then you realize you're at the bottom of the hill. You've got no energy. And you have to walk back up the hill. And it sucks. But, I mean, we, we sometimes get discontent, don't we? We get discontent with our run, with our lasagna, sometimes with jobs or lives. And it leads us to making a decision and going a little bit too far. So is it okay? I've now just told you some kind of general stories, but I want to tell you a specific about my life where I got a bit discontent. Is that okay? Is that okay? Is that okay? Oh, that's better. Come on. Not dead yet. We can get a bit more than that. But see, my parents have done a lot of renovations to their house. And Tom might tell you that some of them um, need some extra work, but uh, (laughs) they've done a lot of renos to their house, right? Beck's trying to follow me, so I'm going <laughs> to... But we've done a lot of renos. So they've redone the roof. They've redone the flooring. They've like put two extra rooms on. They've done a patio out the back. Um, they've done paving. They've put carpets in rooms. They've painted every room. They're, they're about to do another reno and move the kitchen to another room because I don't know why the kitchen wasn't good enough in the room that it was in. But they've done a lot of... It is pretty small, anyway. But there's a lot of, they've done a lot of renos. And for my grandpa's 70th birthday... They put a decking out the front because they wanted it, it, the grandparents to get up into the house easier because the stairs were too steep or something. So they put a decking. But for a few days before his birthday, there were no rails on the side of the decking. And we just got Razor, razor scooters, the color edition, like we had red, blue, and green. And you, the decking's about as high as this. And you bet your bottom dollar, you knew exactly what we were doing as boys. We were flying off the edge, bunny hopping. We felt like Superman. And it was awesome. Like, you just, you'd, got, you'd go gung-ho. Like, James, were you old enough to be bunny hopping at that stage? Okay, he, was, he didn't. It was me and Nick. I remember that. But me and, Nick, me and Nick were getting pretty good. And it was this one day I was heading over to my mate Hamish's place for his grandpa's birthday. 
Right, so his grandpa's birthday and mine are pretty close. But I was heading over for his grandpa's birthday, and it was like a formal occasion, so I had to dress up a bit. And so mum came out, and me and Nick were scooter supermanning off the edge, and we were told, and I was told, oh, you need to get changed because you're about to head off to Hamish's. So I was like, oh, yep, yeah, cool. But my last one, I didn't feel like, I wasn't content with my jump. I wasn't content with my hop, so I decided, you know what, I need to do one more, just one more. And I sent it towards the edge. Like, I was like, I need to show Nick that I'm better than him. So I sent it. And my scooter wheel got caught in the final groove, twisted, and I went proper head over handlebars. And if you've ever been to my parents, like, they don't have smooth paving out the front. It's like, it's, it's grungy, chunky, like, cookie cutter. It was terrible. Oh, no. And I went face first. Like, I proper chunched my face up. So like completely black, closed eye, um, my lip was fat, my whole face was like bleeding. So I cried profusely, went inside, mum put Betadine on it, and then I went to Hamish's. So I dressed up and I was still like, I'm going over. And it was the worst decision of my life. I loved seeing Hamish, but I went over and it was the most awkward lunch I've ever had because I was just constantly fielding questions of Hamish's aunties asking if I was being abused at home because my face just looked like I'd been done three rounds with Mayweather. But um, yeah, so sometimes we, we get a little bit discontent, don't we? And we take it a step too far. Is, is it not, am I the only person who's done this? No? Can I just get a show of hands if you've been an idiot and gone, yeah, okay, good. So I'm not, I'm not the only one. Gee whiz. I'll, I'll get you guys. By the end of it, you'll be yelling and screaming with me. But um, there's, um, there's, we, sometimes we leave something that's pretty good, that's healthy, for something that's not. And I think Paul, he, um, he addresses it really well in Philippians Four, verse 6 to 13. So is it okay if I read that today? Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who strengthens me. And so we're going to come back to that. So if you want to open that up, Philippians 4, verse 6 to 13. I'm, going to, that's, I'm just living in that Bible verse for this sermon. But we're going to come back to that. But it's an interesting proposition to be content, isn't it? I mean, we're always told by our parents, like, be content with what you have, don't want what others have. And I mean, Everybody has heard the exact same saying. I'll just, I'll just read from this so I make sure I get it right. Be content with what you're given or you won't get any more. Did anybody else's parents say that to them? Yep. Me. I mean, Nick got more ice cream than me, Mom. I, just, I was pointing out an injustice. I wish we knew as kids that if you point out something like that, it actually just infuriates your parents and you end up not getting any ice cream. I mean, I was doing the right thing in pointing out an injustice, but pff, anyway. But be content. Or you, you won't be given any more. And it, it's, it's, unfortunately, we, we get this, this crazy thing where we get a bit consumed with other people's lives. We get consumed with other people's accomplishments. 
and then we get uncontent with ours. So Nick had more ice cream, that was his accomplishment. I got consumed with it, I ended up not getting any, which sucked. But, it, I mean, isn't it true that we, we so often, and Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and all that are the worst things for it, but we will leave a healthy place. We might be standing on a mountain, and we might actually have success at everything we're doing at that moment, and actually start God, God's blessing what we're doing. And we look over at our friend's mountain, and theirs is just a little bit sexier, a little bit higher, and a little bit lovelier. Oh, yeah, their mountain's a bit sexier than yours. <laughs> and you start to downplay your mountain. You start to downplay the success that you've had in life to the point that you're no longer standing on a mountain. You're actually standing in the valley. And we compare, compare we downplay. And I mean, how on earth, though, do we be content losing a job when our mates have a job? How do you be content not having a job in the first place? How do we be content losing loved ones? having family members pass away, or losing valuable relationships? How do we be content with restrictions placed on us with heartache? It's a, it's a hard question because you see other people who've got success and you don't have it, or have relationships and you don't have it and you want it. But today I'd like to unpack that. And I'd like to unpack the, the idea of being content because there's, there's something that you need to know, and this is straight right at the end, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to put this right at the start so that we can, we can hear it now. Contentment is not found in the future. It is cultivated now. And if you don't cultivate it now, you will never find it. And so if you get not much else from my sermon today, make sure you go away with that. Contentment is not found in the future. You never will find it. It's like money. Freddie Mercury passed away and he said, you can have all the money in the world, but still be the loneliest and saddest person. And same thing goes for contentment. You will never find contentment. If you're chasing it, you have to practice it. We're going to get to that. And sometimes the process of idolizing somebody else's mountain actually removes us from something healthy. And this is another great thing. We sabotage our lives in the process of striving for something God didn't design for us to attain. And I hope that hits home for somebody. We sabotage our lives in the process of striving for something God didn't design for us to attain. Striving for a relationship with a person, though they're not right for you or God-honoring. It ends up sabotaging your faith walk and your relationship with God. Striving for a job because it pays you more money, yet leaving a position where you actually had influence, where you were actually able to preach the gospel, where you are able to be on mission for God because you wanted extra funds. It just takes you out of a position where God had us. And I mean, I know we have problems and, you know, we've got to earn more finances or we make the wrong decision, but I feel like we've got to remember here, Paul, in that um, passage you just I just said about Philippians, um, he, he was actually, he was preaching and he was writing it from prison, if you're not aware. And so when we look at our problems, I'm pretty sure it's not as bad as being in prison. But I don't think he was content with his lack of resources and he, he wasn't content in his inability to walk around and be free. So he says, I've learned to be content in all things. I don't, I don't actually think he was content with that. And we're going to get to an interesting preposition in just a moment. Because his words were not, I have learnt to be content with the situation, but I have been learnt to be content in every situation. Because we got the preposition the wrong way around. It's not about being content with the situation, it's about being, being content in it. And I've even heard it put, God is not content with our suffering. God is the God of love, peace and joy, not pain, heartache and trials. But we'll get back to that. And it's not about being content with what we've been given. It's about being content in what we've given. So you're following so far. I know that's a rather open-ended statement. We will get back to that, I promise. 
And so how is it that we be content in our situations? Because please hear me and hear me well. Being content doesn't mean that you are not allowed to be frustrated. And being content doesn't mean that you just have to roll over and accept whatever's going to happen is going to happen and you just have to accept the consequences because you're content with your situation and even if you're being abused, even if you're being hurt, that's okay. That's just, that has to happen. That's not what being content is. See, being content is a perspective shift. You might not like necessarily the situation that you were in, but if God is present with you in this world and in your life and you are still in the situation you were in, then obviously that means God is working and there is going to be fruit from that situation. And contentment is found knowing that if there is fruit, then I'm positioned where I need to be and I don't want to miss out on that fruit. So it's a perspective shift, not thinking, okay, I need to be content with this situation. It's crap and God, whatever it is. It's not, I'm going to be content in this. I might not like what I'm struggling with. I might not like where I am. But God's got me and there's obviously going to be fruit from this. And Paul says in verse 9 there, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. We need to stop chasing contentment and start practicing it. So is it okay if I give you, I'm going to give you three things to take away today to practice contentment. I feel dyslexic today. So is that okay? Three things. Yep. Three things. So the first thing is practice asking God. The second is fix your focus. And the third is be present. Right, so they're your titles for today. But who had a childhood friend? That is really disappointing. Three of you have had childhood friends. Like, I'm really depressed at <laughs> your childhoods. My so you all had a childhood friend, I, I assume. But I, I mean that special friend. Yeah, not that special friend. Like, the friend that... Now, I, I'm going to describe a situation. Eli's my special friend. No, but I'm going to describe a situation, right? And if this situation is something that um, occurred every weekend with you or regularly with you, I just want you to give me an amen once I finish describing it. <laughs> anyway, so the situation goes like this. It gets to Saturday morning. It gets to Saturday morning, right? And there was an injustice that had occurred. Because you had not seen your mate since Friday afternoon. And there was only one cure for that injustice. Obviously, you had to have a sleepover that evening. Amen to that? You get to Friday morning, you're like, I haven't seen my mate since yesterday afternoon at school. We have to have a sleepover tonight. That special friend is the one that you have the sleepover with every weekend. Is there anybody who just went back and forth Saturday to Saturday at each other's mates? Yes, that was me and Hamish. Hamish will listen to this podcast one day. I'm talking about you, Hamish. Yeah, you will. It's all right. He'll be here next time. But the, there was an injustice. And so what you do is you'd walk up to mum or dad, right? And it went the same way with every single kid ever in the history of kids. You would walk up and you didn't quite have the courage to say what you needed to say. So you'd walk up to mum and she's doing something. We're going to use mum in this situation. You tap her on the shoulder. Mum. And what you need to say is, can I go over to Hamish's for a sleepover? And what you say instead is, you look lovely today. And then you walk away smacking yourself in the forehead because you're like, you, you don't have the courage to do this. So you then, you then muster up the courage again. You're an idiot. And you said the wrong thing. You weren't buttering her up. Only smart kids actually buttered their parents up before they asked for something. So you'd walk up to mum again. Mom, tap, tap, tap. She was gardening or whatever she was doing. 
and you ask, can I help out around the house? And then you'd walk away smacking yourself, and then you'd spend the next hour doing chores, which you never would have had to have done if you didn't ask in the first place. But it's because it's the only thing you could have thought of. So an hour goes by, and you're no closer to having your mate come over. So you go back to mum for the final time, and you're like, you know what, I just have to, I'm just going to blurt it out. So you say, mum, can Hamish come over, or can I go to his sleepover? As quickly as you can. And then you'd wince, knowing that you had to go and schmooze dad. <laughs> John, I know. <laughs> but you, you literally, like, you, you, know, you, know, have, you know you've got to go schmooze dad now. So, and then you'd wince, waiting for the no. But then mum would just say, yeah, of course, you can go over to Hamish's. So you'd roll on over to Hamish's, have a ball of a time, and she'd pick you up at 8.30 in the morning before church, and you'd be mad because you couldn't finish Ratchet and Clank. But I think sometimes we get this image of God, right? We get, this Im- we get the same image of God that God is not interested in our wants and desires. And this image that he's just, we wince whenever we ask for something. And we kind of picture it's like, that God, I mean, God, God's been faithful in the past, but it doesn't matter. His plans don't take into account my, the, the, loves of, the loves that I have from over my life or the desires that I have. His plans are what they're going to be, and I just have to fit into that. But I think we, we've got a really, that's a really distorted image of God. And that we just think that we need to compromise or that God's way doesn't take into ours. And sometimes if we want something enough, we think that it's an idol and we actually need, we need to push away from that. Because we, God wouldn't want us to have that. And then we, we have this misdefined idea of what contentment is. So we misdefine contentment as believing for a no, so I'm not disappointed when I want a yes and don't get it. So I'm going to say that again. We misdefine contentment as believing for a no when I wanted a yes and didn't get it. And so there, from there, we, we have this downward spiral where we lower our expectation, which lowers our faith, which lowers our belief. And then we lower our expectation further and our faith and our belief. And I believe that is why so many young adults, so many young Christians walk away from faith. They'll be introduced, they're so on fire, they ask something of God, they're in a terrible bind and they need something from Jesus. And God's just saying, hey, just be patient, I've got you in this season for the moment. They ask something and they don't get it immediately because they, they were believing, oh, you know, it's probably going to be a no, but I'm going to ask wanting a yes and I didn't get exactly what I wanted. And then they leave faith that lowers their expectation, faith, belief, expectation, faith, belief. Downward spiral until you walk away from faith altogether. And we start to claim that this is contentment, just being content, knowing, oh, you know what, I asked and I didn't get anything, that's all right, when actually it's just complacency. And I I don't think that contentment is just rolling over and settling, and I don't think that's what Paul had in mind when he talked about that he's actually found the secret to being content in every situation. Because he says in 4 verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And this is where the practice asking God comes into contentment. See, I, I think it's really important. We, we've, everybody's heard that line before. Do not be anxious about everything, but in every, in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I think it's said at every single baptism ever. But I think there's a really important word in that petition. And it always gets overlooked. We think about you present your requests to God. You pray to God. But a petition, uh, does any, can anybody explain a petition off the top of their head for me? Yeah, something like that. Okay, a petition. We all know what change.org is. So a petition is to convince a governing body or a higher-up authority to change something. For instance, I signed the petition to bring Dixie Drumstick Inner Biscuits back onto the shelves at Coles and IGA, and amen, it happened. I've never signed a petition before that actually worked. Or 
I signed the petition to outlaw socks and slides. Yeah, socks and slides are stupid. Wear your slides or wear socks. But anyway, a petition is you're making a request to a higher authority. And this here is something that we all need to understand. This is going to shock some of you. It's going to suck for some of you. And some of you will be like, yeah, I knew that already. But to find contentment in life, you need to recognize you don't have authority over your life. So to find contentment in your life, you actually need to realize you do not have authority over your life. So contentment isn't settling, it's recognizing that you actually don't have authority. So when we present our request to God in every situation, and it doesn't say in a a situation where you think it's going to grow the kingdom or in a situation where you think it's going to grow the church or grow somebody else's faith, it just says in every situation when you present, present your request to God. So when you present your request to God and then you leave it with God knowing, you know what, He has the authority and the power to change this situation in my life. But he's also got the wisdom to know when to act, how to act, or if to act at all. And having presented your request, you can step back saying, you know what, God, I know that it's in your hands now. I've asked and I've put the desires of my heart out on the table. And if I'm still in this situation, it obviously means that you are still working. But if we don't practice asking God, then we just settle. And we just accept that this is how it's going to be. But God is a God who honors the faithful and says, I want to bless you. And so God is, God is madly in love with you. And he, he also recognizes and he loves the fact that you have desires of your heart. And he wants to honor that. He wants to bless you. And he, is, he, he knows the little things. He cares about the little things. So bring your desires forward to God and say, this is, this is what I've got. Leave it with him. And know that he has the authority to change. Is that okay? So practice asking God first. And the second thing to find contentment is fix your focus. See, we can learn to fix our eyes when we can learn to fix our eyes on Jesus and focus on him and what he's doing. See, did you know that when you're in tune with the spirit of God and when you actually have a personal, intimate relationship with God, you'll start to notice when God is moving. And so the closer that we get to God and the closer we actually, the more, the deeper we go into our faith and the deeper we go into our relationship with God, the more you will notice God is moving. And when you, when you notice that God is moving in a situation, it's actually not going to matter what sort of bind you're in because you're going to be focused on the fact that God's moving right now and I, I'm obviously in the right place. Because if God isn't moving, you're definitely in the wrong place. And it says in, verses, in verse 8 there of Philippians 4, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And see, everything in verse 8 is God. Because he is true, he is noble, he is right, he is pure, he is lovely, he is admirable, he is excellent, he is praiseworthy. So when we focus on God and how he is moving, You'll learn to be content because it it doesn't matter the fact that you're in a bind. You're not content with the bind. You're content in the bind knowing that God is moving in your bind. Is that okay? So fix your focus. And the last one is be present. Now I need my phone. I need a little prop. Because this here is one of the most divisive things we have. But, you know, we spend so much time on this. Oh, they went out to lunch today. Where was my invite? Oh, they, they were at a party. Where was my invite? Oh, gee, he can afford to buy a new car. I wish that I had enough money to buy a new car. If I could get the worship team to um, start making their way up. 
Oh, she got a ring. Where the heck's my ring? <laughs> but we get so caught up in this little world and the need to see other people's highlights. And Abby said something so profound a couple years ago at a youth service. She said, we, we, we compare, because what people put on these silly little devices on the Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, is the highlights of their life. So we end up comparing their highlights to our lowlights, to our, the lowest points in our life. And if we could just get to their level of life, if we could have as, no, as much money as them, if our girlfriend could be as cool as theirs, I'd have it all. I'd be happy. But that thing that I said at the start, contentment is not found in the future. It is cultivated now. And if you don't cultivate it now, you'll never find it. And see, when we can recognize that God is the God of peace, it says in verse 9, He is the God of peace. You will notice how each situation turns in an ab- into an ability to glorify God. So we're just going to spend a little bit of time worshiping to wrap up, and then we're going to go chill and you can have a decaf coffee, grab some donuts, whatever. But I just I just wanted to pray over everybody tonight, um, and I, I just get this sense that we get so discontent, and I've got some people on my heart that are, they're just uncontent with where they're at in life, and they're making stupid decisions, pushing into things that God did not plan for them to be in at the moment. Because they want to they progress to the next stage in life. It's like, actually, no, you're in a healthy place. You're where God needs you at the moment. So stop rushing to get out of that place so that you can be somewhere else because that's where God needs you. So, hey, young adults, we need to practice asking God. We need to fix our focus on Jesus and what he's doing. And we need to be present. Because when we're looking to the future all the time of what I'm going to achieve, what I'm going to get, If we're present in other people's lives and their stories and what they've achieved and what they've got, then you're going to miss being present in this moment and what God has for you. But I just want to pray. So if you'd all close your eyes, and I can see when people have their eyes open. So I'm just, we're not going to do an altar call or anything like that, but I'm just going to ask a simple question. If this is you, I just want you to raise your hand because I want to know who I'm praying for in this moment. And if you feel like that has been you, that you have been sabotaging your life or sabotaging relationships, trying to attain something that God did not intend for you to attain. Or if you've just found, you know, I'm just, I'm so discontent and I want to progress, then I just, I want to pray over you in this moment. So if if any of that is you, could you just slip your hand up for me and I I just want to pray over you. It's fantastic. You guys can pop your hands down. So I'm just going to get everybody in the room. You just repeat this prayer after me. And um, then after that, we're just going to worship. And I want, you to, I want you to lay that discontentment before God and say, God, I, I want to be present in this moment. And I just want you to minister to me. I want you to show me where you need me. And I want to press into more of you. So if you'll just repeat this after me. Dear God. Oh, come on. Dear God. That's better. Every voice. <laughs> I thank you that you are good, that you love me, that you still love me, that you've always loved me. I'm sorry for the mucky stuff, for the places that I've broken your heart, for the ways I've broken your heart. And God, I want to be present. 
I want my focus to be on you. God, I'm going to ask because I know that I'll receive. And Father, I just give my life to you afresh. Would you take it and use me as you need me? In Jesus' name, amen. So hey, one final challenge. If you did put your hand up just then, then you need to press deeper in with God. And if you've been on the fringes or young adults is the only time that you make your way into church, then my challenge is this. You need to be at church. Sunday morning, it was pumping this morning. Friday night, we have youth. You can come and serve, but you need to get into church. You need to be at young adults grow nights. Because you're sitting there and you're like, I, I just, I want to be in this next stage of my life, but you're not being present in the moment right now where God has you. And you put your hand up, you need to be, get yourself to church. You need to get your faith right with God and your life right with God. And so it doesn't just mean church. It means spend your time in the Word each and every day. Get yourself a devotional. It means spending time meditating with God each day and praying. Because the closer you get to God, I promise, the more you will see God move. And the more you see God move, the easier it is to focus on what He's doing and be content in every situation, not with it. You're allowed to be frustrated and complain, but being content in every situation. So, is that okay today? Well, apparently, it's okay for Tommy. That's right. We're just going to spend some time worshiping. And if that was you at all and you put your hand up, then I really want you to just, just press into this time of worship. We're just going to worship God. We're going to finish on fresh wind and then we're going to go out and hang out. But if you also need more prayer, come talk to me. I'd love to pray with you. Love to pray over you. And um, yeah, let's do it.